Wealth Tactic Rebels, ingenious tactics to accumulate wealth for people who see things differently. Welcome to another discussion with Wealth Tactic Rebels, the podcast for people who see things differently. I'm your host, Kevin Dumont. I've been thinking differently in the wealth field for, oh, going on nearly 15 years. And we have a guest today, Daniel Abaduri. Hey, Daniel, how are you? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me on the show. Well, you're welcome. I'm glad to have you here today. Thank you for coming along and sharing your knowledge with our Wealth Tech Rebels today. So Daniel is uh, author of Don't Save for Retirement. That's a, a new book out. And uh, you know, it sounds a little bit like a Wealth Tactic Rebel way of thinking. <laughs> He's also the founder of Future Money Trends. So, Daniel, clearly you're an outside-the-box thinker here. So, why don't you tell us a little bit about your story, about kind of where you started and what inspired you to get to where you are today? You know, I've always had a fascination with money ever since I was a boy. I mean, my mom has stories back to being five years old, me doing different things uh, in the financial space, whether it's selling. I mean, starting off small, of course, at garage sales or going door-to-door and then (laughs) getting in trouble at school and all this stuff. I used to skip school. So I go to Barnes and Noble and read everything in the personal finance and personal develop uh, section. And then this anti-conventional wisdom was just always inside me. And then I got a cold of uh, Robert Kiyosaki's book and that kind of laid it out like, okay, here's actually, I knew I didn't like the idea of the 401k where you're planning on saving and being in the poor tax bracket when you withdraw, but I didn't know, I didn't have any guidance. So that's really how this whole thing started. Did really well when I was young, made some good money in uh, the 2000s. But unfortunately, you know, when you make a lot of money in a bubble and you're young, you're just destined for a blow up. And that's what happened in 08. And that's where my book starts, actually. It starts with my wife in a bankruptcy uh, attorney's office. It goes from there. Oh, wow. That's quite the story. Bankruptcy, huh? So you start. Oh, almost. Okay. So we were in the office, but we decided not to file. Okay. Was that a saving grace then to do that? Yeah, I think it was because it unleashed all the creativity that would, would be needed uh-huh. because there was no bailout coming. Right. It's kind of like what uh, I know Robert says. The poor way of thinking is I can't afford that. The wealthy way of thinking is how can I afford that? So you kind of mm-hmm. went with that. We're at death's door, financially speaking here. What can we do? Yes. And so that's my wife and I, we literally, the first thing we did was like, we're going to slash spending. But we can't just do like, you know, you Google and you're like, oh, switch your credit card and switch your checking account and stop your coffee at Starbucks. No, I mean, like we had to cut to the bone. The biggest and juiciest thing for anybody listening to this, if you're going to, if you want to cut is moving. Now, if you can do something drastic, move out of state or move out of country, of course, you're going to, you're talking about 50 plus. But for us, we just moved from one part of California to a further out part of California. And we were still able to reduce the expenses by about 50%. So we cut drastically. And then it was a, a real change in that mindset of because I was 18 when I bought my first house in the year 2000, I was so tied to, hey, let's just buy for appreciation. And so it was a reconditioning of the brain to buy for cash flow. Right, right. That's definitely a different thought. Everyone thinks of, you know, home's my castle, I invest in my home. But it's thinking differently about what that asset really is. Absolutely. Yeah. So, I mean, even if you look at ret- most retirement savers, they're just speculating and hoping things go up. And so that's why the book and don't save for retirement is really focused on, Hey, how can you rethink that? How can you have demand the expectation of, if it doesn't bring me a check, I'm not buying it. I find it interesting. You're saying not saving for retirement because typically when people are talking about money, earmarked for retirement, 
They say, I'm going to save for my retirement, put money in my, my retirement savings account, which usually is a 401k or another IRA. And we make a distinction when we talk about money where this is one of the distinctions is you have two tanks for money. And one is an investment tank. An investment tank inherently has risk because you can lose money. And another one is a safe tank where you have some sort of guarantees where you aren't necessarily going to lose money. So you put your money into a 401k or an IRA. It doesn't matter. They're in a mutual fund. They're in the market. It has risk. It's not a saving account. It's a place to put your money. <laughs> that's, that's what it is, right? It has a certain function. And so many people don't even think about it. They don't even know what they're invested in. And they're just kind of hoping and praying. And it's time to like it. The book exposes a lot of this stuff. It's time to start asking, is this even working? I mean, the baby boomers had the best stock market, best bond market, best real estate market. And the median account holder at, with a 401k, 65 plus, according to Vanguard, is only $58,000. I mean, this just did not work. What a disaster. Yeah. How can you survive on 58000 I mean, for most people that would get them by living a minimal life, what, two years maybe? Very minimal. Perhaps they're dependent on social security now. And you know, you wonder what the lost opportunity was if they had just bought something that would pay them a dividend or pay them a yield. Let's say whether they're investing in real estate or maybe they want to direct like buy a single family home. What would happen if a 401k investor bought a single family home and then proceeded to watch the tenant pay the damn thing off over the next 30 years? Now you've got a little pension here and the house probably worth 10 times what you paid. Right, right, right. I'm assuming though that you would put those dividends back, reinvest them back in, maybe to another another property, expanding into other investments sure. or, or whatever, right? It depends on what stage of the game you're at. You know, if you're if you're young and you know you've got great active income, then go for it. But you know, look, you might do that in, in five years, ten years into it, say, you know what, I'm gonna use half the passive income to pay for my vacations or pay some bills at the house or Hey, you know what? I don't want to be an engineer. I want to be a freaking yoga instructor. So I'm going to take the passive income and then go all in on being this yoga instructor that doesn't really make it that much money. But in the meantime, I'm very happy. You know, I'm living the life I want. Yeah, that's a good idea. So this passive income, so investing into things that that deliver a check to your mailbox, so to speak, or direct into, you know, ACH into your account. Obviously, passive income on real estate investment, that's one road. Are there other options that you've found that have been useful for you? You know, there are hundreds people can find and just search, and we do have a lot of them listed in the book. But the easiest ones, the low-hanging fruit is private REITs. Private equity is do better than public. There is a 30% markup on public traded stocks because you have that market pricing where you could sell it today, sell it tomorrow. But those REITs might only pay 7%. You could actually get a private equity REIT. That's where most of the institutional money is and very wealthy investors, insurance companies, banks are. And that you could probably get a 10 to 12% rate. But if you want to sell it, it's going to take you 30 days to 90 days, you know, when they do their redemption. So, and average investors were forbidden for investing in those. That was only for the rich and happy. And thanks to crowdfunding, now there are plenty of non-accredited investor options like Fundrise or Realty Mogul. There are some like that are accredited, they'll like Peer Street. But you can get yourself involved in mortgage notes. You know, when I say a publicly traded read, I mean, think about it. Do you want to own some house, some rental property that's, let's say, a C plus B plus property? Now, you do have the leverage, so that's the advantage. But or, but if you're not leveraged, I mean, look, owning these private REITs, you're owning slivers of Costco's and, and JW Marriott's. You're really actually upgrading your assets when you get involved in these type of investments. Yeah, that sounds good. I mean, who doesn't like an upgrade, <laughs> right? Yeah. It's just, I'm actually, that's the phase I'm in right now in my life. You know, I just was looking at all my assets. I was like, you know, I, I built up all these rental properties over the years, single family home. 
it's a great time to sell them and just totally upgrade the assets because in the end, you want to be like Warren Buffett, which is uh, the number one rule is don't lose money. Number two is don't forget about rule number one. And if you look at how the middle class and poor invest, they speculate and hope things go up. The rich are already rich. So they're not trying to get rich overnight. They're focused on preservation, preservation and cash flow. And that's the advantage of the rich. And, it, and you know, it's easy to mimic. Not going to happen overnight. The first bill you pay might be, you know, a $50 bill to the gym or your water bill like it was for me. But eventually that compounds on itself. And you just people accept the financial world and conventional wisdom for what it is. But keep in mind, all of this is new. I mean, the retirement is essentially an experiment. Even our own currency. We've never had a currency not backed by commodities except for the last 40, 50 years of the history of the world. Look, Adam and Eve did not have 401k plans. So like... But people assume this stuff's been forever. Even, I mean, even stock market's only a few hundred years old. 401k's only been around since the 80s. People have had a lot of other options before that. It's it's almost like people just have, they took a forget pill or something. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, as if this stuff's been around forever. And if I just do it, I mean, let's, let's be real. I mean, you know, when you're just throwing money at the stock market, these index funds are all new. There's more mutual funds than there are stocks. There's AI is involved. I mean, you're not going to be the the computers that are trading milliseconds and stuff like that. So just simplify your life. Just focus on things that bring checks to your mailbox. And then you can either take that check and compound it back into that investment or another one, or you can take that check and spend it. Right. You have options. That's one of the things we think is important. You were talking about um, having access. Like uh, if you go to REIT, you can't sell it right away. But if you have money coming in, that gives you access to money. So that's good. It's important. This is one of the things that people don't always plan for. You're saying, you know, medium people have $50,000 in 401k. Well, what's the problem with that? Other than the fact that it's not a lot. Well, what if an expense comes up, a a major medical expense, your roof caves in your house, whatever it is, something happens. Expenses always come up. You need money for it and you're going to need access to it right away. And if you don't, that's a problem. And the, and the 401k, for those of you who are younger listening to this, I mean, anybody between 18 to, say, 50, I mean, look what's going on in, around this country. Does anybody think the taxes are going to be lower when you make your withdrawal or higher? Now, I know the plan is for everybody to be in their poorest tax, but you're speculating with the taxes. Taxes, if you look at the federal income tax, it's about as low as it's been since 1931. So if you're 30, 40 years old and you plan on doing 401k withdrawals in 20, 30 years from now, Ask yourself, are tax rates going to be higher or lower? With $22 trillion in debt, all the income of the United States right now goes towards entitlements. We literally borrow money to pay our Congress people and, our, and all of our defense spending. And soon we'll be borrowing money to pay the interest. So, I mean, really consider taxes are going up. It's just such a speculation to put money in those things. Right. You know, and that's a point that a lot of people don't think about. We've actually talked about this ourselves in Wealth Tactic Rebels. The average tax bracket since 1913 has been about 58 if you just average them all out, 58%. For years, it was well above 70. And we have a lot more debt than we did then. Every single person, my brother and I, you know, we work together. Every single person we've ever had come in our office for years, we've been asking that question. Where do you think taxes go in the future? Every single person has said, oh, they're going to go up. Yeah. You know, so if you're, if you could have paid whatever your tax bracket is today, especially if you're younger, your tax bracket is probably low. You might not even be paying 20% and you're putting your money into your 401k. Then you get out to retirement and, oh, well, tax rates went back up to, just say, the average 58%. Now I'm paying 58% of what I could have paid 20. Sounds like a loss to me, you know? No, it totally is. 
there's also the huge opportunity cost right there. You know, you could have put money towards something else, towards another investment, towards leveraged real estate. I mean, the opportunity. And then I hate, I have always hated this. I don't understand how people can allow this to happen to themselves, but why would you put money into something where you call it your money, but if you make a withdrawal, you pay a 10% penalty? That's ridiculous. Right, right. It's a government-controlled entity is what it is. It's not your retirement savings account. It's government control. They decide all the rules and regulations behind that, what you can do, how much you take out, when you need to take it out. They even tell you, hey, if you are not taking it out, you still need to take it out You know, if you don't need it. That's very true. People don't realize that. It's 72 and a half. RMDs, that's right. You know, And people do that. We know people that do that. They don't need that 401k yet, but the government's making them take it out so they can start collecting their taxes. And, and you know, right now is a great opportunity for millennials or Gen Xers. I mean, look, the economy's changing anyway. If you apply all the 1980s models to what we're going into, we're going into a world where the biggest car company doesn't own any cars, Uber. Uh, you know, the biggest entertainment companies out there aren't even sometimes producing their entertainment. I mean, look at look at Amazon, Amazon Prime and, and Netflix, all these streaming uh, video services. There's so much change coming in the freelance economy. Don't down it. It's an opportunity for millennials and Gen Xers. You can now sell your skills online. You don't have to do the nine to five grind in a cubicle or sit in traffic. The good times are coming and they're here, but people need to embrace them. You know, uh, if I tried to apply the 1970s lifestyle on today, I'm going to fail. And unfortunately, that's what so many people are doing. They, why are you failing? Well, stop doing these things that are not made for this economy and start embracing this economy. You can start a business right now for 10 bucks in 10 minutes on GoDaddy.com. The opportunities are there, but people are missing them because they're so focused on what worked for their grandparents. Right. It's a very good point. The past, you know, we all want to learn from the past, but times change. Everything has changed. Technology has changed rapidly, is changing rapidly. We've got all the elections going on right now, and you hear sometimes people talking about some of the people that are up for presidency are talking about, oh, you know, the problem is not that there aren't enough jobs in these uh, sectors, you know, manufacturing, whatever, is, th is that there are new jobs being created and that we have to do a better job at educating people, training people, whatever it is, for these new jobs. Most college graduates are not even working in a job that needs a college degree. And there's also like 46% are not in a job that even requires one. And then the number is somewhere between 50 and 60. I don't know off the top of my head. But their college degrees that maybe went and they got a financing degree, but now they're engineers. Or maybe they're an engineer in an MBA job. I mean, look, and people have to embrace adapting. I hate when people look to politicians like they're going to do some. I've always wondered when they say, we need job training. What the hell does that even look like? Seriously, like most of these jobs go out get hired, go be an apprentice. If you want to start a great business, start giving your services for free to the clients that you most desire to have, because those can be ultimately your referrals one day. Right. I think this goes along with, you know, when you and I were talking about earlier, instead of looking to rely on someone else to maybe someday do, doing something for you, the people who become wealthy, they're self-made, right? They're self-made in the sense that they've chosen to become rich. But, you know, look, all, all wealthy people, they need advisors. They need mentors. They need other people who are passionate with them. Obviously, I'm very blessed and thankful that I was born in the United States. You know, I've traveled to a few countries where, hey, you know what? I It, it would have been a lot more difficult if I was born on the other side of the planet to do what I did. So, But ultimately, no matter where you are in life or what country you live in, you have to make this decision that you're going to attract these type of things into your life. And that goes back to, again, <laughs> thinking differently, right? So instead of just saying, this is what I got to do and just staying with it, think, I want something else. How can I get there? 
what do I need to do to attract it and to achieve success? Absolutely. The fact that people are listening to a show like this means already they're open-minded to actually stepping outside of the rat race or, or whatever you, you call it. Most people will just kind of live. It's, it's sad, actually, when you think about it. Most people are just passing time until death. You know, If you're listening to the show, obviously you're not one of those people because you've made the decision to say, hey, you know what? I want something more. But so many of us are scared to go out of the norm because we think we're going to somehow be hurt by it. Realize that the norm is going to hurt you. It's a certainty. If you, if you get in debt to your eyeballs and finance your cars for eight years and work until, if your plan is to work until you're 65 years old or 70, that's fine. You can work. Look at Warren Buffett works and he's in his 90s. But I'm saying if you hate your job, that's a horrible way to go through this life. You only get the one shot. So look, live your life and don't be scared to move and be so mobile. So many people are like potted plants. There are so many opportunities in other countries and other regions of the United States. So much opportunity. But you got to be more willing to leave and, and explore. You know, and that is one of the good things about technology today is the ability to be mobile. So many people are doing that. I, I mean, I sometimes I'm working out of an office, sometimes I'm working at home, sometimes I'm working out of someone else's place. And I know a number of people that have done something like that. Uh, a good friend of mine, his son uh, and his girl, I think she got a job in the Philippines, I think it was. And he wanted to go with her. And uh, he told his boss that. And they said, yeah, sure. Here's a computer. You know, go ahead. They, there's software to track their productivity these days. So they know if they're being productive and they're doing what they're supposed to do. They don't care where they are to do it as long as they're producing well. And I did that. And then uh, I think they're going to Africa or something. It's just like it's like from country to country. Come on. When else in history have you been able to do that? Absolutely. I mean, I literally was in Vancouver a few days ago. And then I was in Japan, like we're the mobility of us humans. I mean, we're experiencing no other humans have have had opportunity to see and experience. And we're so blessed to live in this time, but so many don't embrace it because we're so hardwired into an immobile society or a society, you know, has this idea like, you know, worked like for one or two generations. Uh, You know, we're all trying to mimic this 1950s lifestyle that you and you get married at 20 and you buy a house at 25 and you have this corporate ladder career. Guys, that's in the movies. It's so done. Let it go and just live your life. There is no right or wrong way on path. And there's no two ways that are the same when you look at, you can be very happy. By the way, most people don't realize how happy they could be. You don't have to be a millionaire. I'll be honest with you. I was financially dependent with probably about 600,000 in liquid net worth that was paying a cash flow. It was only 60,000 a year. But I'd combine it with being aggressively debt free. So I mean, look, you make sixty thousand a year and you're debt free, bam, pop out the champagne. I didn't even make it to being I mean, a millionaire yet. So a lot of people think it's this massive thing, but really it can be very doable. And I did that in the United States. I mean, look, if I was willing to move to another state, even not even out of California, another state or another country, I could have probably done that with on on maybe a lot less, maybe maybe uh, one quarter of that. Yeah, that's true. There are places that are a lot less expensive. That's an, and again, with the mobility, that's an option. Another thing, too, you know, you're mentioning about people listening to this are probably thinking differently, and so many people, unfortunately, are not. They're kind of stuck in their ways. Sometimes it's just a matter of they just didn't know what they didn't know. So I think it's a good idea, too, that, you know, as people start to learn, they start to give back to try to open other people's eyes up, which is one of the reasons for this podcast, matter of fact. Yeah, no, it's great. I mean, I love sharing this. I mean, I, I could do this. This is literally like a hobby. I just love talking about it. I mean, I love when I go to a wedding or something and the conversation is not on sports and the weather. It flips to money. I'm like, oh, 
man, this is what I want to talk about. <laughs> yeah. you know? I love helping people. I love learning. I mean, I don't care if I'm in a crowd where I know more than people, more than people, or if I'm in a crowd where I'm, I'm the dumbest guy in the room, I'm a happy camper either way. I just want to, I just love conversing with this stuff about people because it's so doable, right? You know, right. I, I don't have a college degree. I was broke 11 years ago. This is very doable. It's a matter of just totally rejecting what, what the financial industry is going to want you to do. Now, retirement is working out for those guys. Right. They're making a fortune and selling vehicles. So, I mean, it's, I right. guess retirement in a way is working out for some. Right. That's true. I, <laughs> that is true. <laughs> but that's why they're, they're out there pushing it because you know, it works for them. <laughs> so can you give a couple other examples maybe of what's worked for you and maybe what some of our listeners can look to do? You know, I mean, you've already said that you put money into some real estate. How can our listeners follow up, you know, if they decide they want to do it, follow up past something like you? I did it without a bank. So after blowing myself up in 2008, mm-hmm. um, I have a chapter in the book about investing and, and doing owner-seller finance deals. To this day, I've only done owner-seller financing deals. So again, you have to go out there and look. You know, when I bought houses, I bought houses nobody wanted to buy. I was buying houses with foundation problems because I got lucky. My house that I bought had a foundation problem. I thought it was a problem, a big problem, but it was my house. So it was worth looking into. And it, was, it turns out it was only like four or $5,000 to fix. So then I started just finding those because it scared everybody else. So find things that you're passionate about, you know, invest in things you're interested in. If you have a job and you like it, then stay with your job and still build the passive income, become a great investor. Now, if you have a job and you like it and you're like, I want to, I want to grow it. I want to expand my own active income work. Because always in the mirror is where you're going to find the most income you can make. Is it's you. I've helped a lot of people do this recently. Where if you work for a small business, say under you know 100 people, you can go up to the, your boss and say, "Look, I'll charge you less, but I'll, I'm going to be working from home. I'll be, I'll be, you know, you'll be a client instead of my employer, but you're going to lose workers' compensation, all these regulations, and all these yep. things that fall down. So you'll save money. And um, you know, one thing I learned, like a lot of these things that we're scared of, like healthcare insurance and stuff. It's very easy to get. And I'm not even talking about the like the ones the government pitches. We're talking about like private nonprofit institutions that have been around for gosh, 40 years, paying out billion claims. They work actually as real insurance too. Like, you know, if you go to the doctor to cut your toenails, you're not going to get to do a copay. You have to you have to have a real something wrong with you, like more than 500 bucks before they come in. Hmm. So a lot of these things that we're scared about, could just consider there are millions and millions of entrepreneurs and business owners who've done it. Uh, there are a lot of people who've done investing and passive income. And again, my book is not about quitting your job and becoming a full-time entrepreneur. If that's your thing, great. But look, I'm just saying, if you're going to reallocate capital into investments, start thinking about bringing that income in and stop thinking about keeping up with the Joneses that I'm going to just do everything that my neighbor's doing. You know, He finances BMW for seven years and mine's finance too. And we're just all going to live paycheck to paycheck together because right. one day, There'll be some golden uh, retirement plan at the end of that rainbow, which now we've seen, now that the experiment has had 40, 50 years to run through, it's a complete disaster. It's true. And I, and I think that's a lot of what's shaking up what's going on with the political system right now, because people are saying, hey, it's not working. My parents are, aren't able to afford to retire. How am I going to afford to retire? My grandparents are barely getting by. Whatever it is, everyone's worried. My friends down the street lost their job, all of them. <laughs> you know, it can be an issue. I can see that. So I think that's good advice is to get out of the box, start thinking differently and think, you know, what do I want? What do I want to accomplish? How can I find a way to get there? 
You know, I would just say that for your listeners, we have a page set up at futuremoneytrends.com slash save. Yep. They can actually read the intro to the book in the first chapter. You know, again, it's a very personal book, but it also shares all the ideas. I didn't write a book and then hold back the domains and the links. It's all there. And then at futuremoneytrends.com, they get my weekly wealth digest, which shares all the things my wife and I did. And then the, often the things that we're doing right now. Okay. Sounds good. So before we close today, I'm going to ask you a question. I'm going to ask you to provide a value bomb for our listeners, and it's going to be with our Wealth Tactic Rebels twist, which is the avoiding losses type of idea. So it's what should our listeners look to avoid doing, something that's you know probably happened in your experience, and uh, it's something they can do about that. Never be in a hurry to buy anything. If you feel rushed to buy an investment, you are going to lose money with certainty. Think of the people who felt urgency. If I don't get into Bitcoin at 12,000, I'm going to lose money. And then it went to 3,000 or gold uh, when it was at 1,900 or the stock market or, or real estate was a fresh one. And remember, mm. people used to camp the night before in Riverside, California, because they wanted to get the new construction built. Anytime there's a sense of urgency in your chest to buy an investment, stop what you're doing. Oftentimes, doing nothing is better than doing something. In my experience, from everybody I've studied and spoken with and my, and my personal experience, every time I felt like if I don't get in, I'm going to miss out, I'm always about to lose money. I'll tell you right now, it's happening in my own life. I was literally thinking about buying a... I, had, I was already well-positioned in silver stocks, and I was thinking about doubling down. And I was like, what am I doing? Silver's up like $3.50 in a month. I'm an idiot. I looked at the chart, and it's like vertical. I was like... I completely reversed my own emotions. I was like, no, no, instead of buying more, I'm going to sell the ones I have so that I can buy more in a month or two when they go back down. But I guarantee you, and we'll know right now this interview is a September 4th. So you guys look at look at the silver charts. Right. <laughs> but anytime you feel like, hey, I better do something because I'm going to miss out, you're almost certain, certainly going to lose money. Good advice. Very good advice. Appreciate that. Anything else you want to say to our listeners before uh, we end for today? I love helping people and talking with you guys. Feel free to go to futuremoneytrends.com and do the contact us page. I love going back and forth with people. I even like looking at deals. I'm just an addict. Excellent. Danny, we're going to put your contact information on the show notes page for our uh, for this episode. So you can go to wealthtacticrebels.com and uh, get any information you need on Daniel. Go to his website, his book, shoot him an email, social media, whatever it is. And uh, while you're there, uh, if you would do us a favor, Wealth Tactic Rebels listeners, and go to our Facebook page, you can find it, you can link to it right through the show notes page or any other page on WealthTacticRebels.com. And uh, leave us a comment. Let us know what you think about this episode. And uh, if you have any questions for Daniel or for myself, shoot them right on over. Daniel, thanks for your time today. I really appreciate you sharing this information with everyone. Thanks so much. I appreciate it. Thank you, and thank you, Wealth Tactic Rebels, and have a fantastic day. Want to really see things differently? Take our course in Genius Tactics 201, where we teach you all the wealth accumulating tactics with detailed real-life examples, see your progress with quizzes, and a certificate of completion. For course details, visit WealthTacticRebels.com. Sign up today and start seeing things differently. This presentation is intended as informational only.
The information presented does not consider your particular financial objectives, risk tolerance, time horizon, or other unique circumstances, and does not constitute a personalized recommendation or replace the advice of a financial, tax, or legal advisor or other qualified professionals. Do your own research and do not use the information of this presentation in place of a customized consultation with a licensed professional. To the best of our ability, we provide content that is accurate as of the date of release. However, we give no assurance or guarantee regarding its accuracy, timeliness, completeness, or applicability. We assume no liability for the information of this and related presentations.